I'm Emma G. Rose. I'm Shell Shearer. We're indie authors. And this is Indie Book Talk. Hello and welcome back to Indie Book Talk. I'm super excited today because we have invited my brand new best friend, Savannah J. Goins, to join us on the podcast. She is the author of the, I'm going to say this right, I promise, The Gwythinian, which is the first book in the (laughs) Odin Terador trilogy. But the important thing to know about Savannah's books is that not only does she write really cool, crazy fantasy stuff. But she also writes characters who have gone through some some troubling times. And we're going to talk about writing characters who have gone through trauma and other difficult things. So if that is not a conversation you are up for hearing right now, now would be the time to flip to the next episode. Trigger warning, basically. (laughs) (laughs) that That was my trigger warning. And here we go. Savannah, thanks for coming to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you guys tonight. So all I know about you so far is what Emma has just told us. So I would love to hear more about these difficult topics you write on. Yeah. So in the Gwythinian, the story is about a girl who has experienced sexual abuse when she was younger. She's 17 at the time of the story. um, And she was abused earlier on in her life. But something that is a big thing that she's dealing with is working through that. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the negative thoughts and negative feelings and associations that can come along with that and learning how to look at that situation and herself in a different way and to become a stronger person through it and not let it beat her down and discourage her from some other really cool things she could do with her life. Nice. And you've managed to weave all that into a fantasy setting. Yes, I have. My favorite thing is to weave real life things, deep things that might be hard to address in a fantasy setting with talking animals and magic. Oh, okay. <laughs> Doesn't that sound familiar, Shelley? No, no, not at all. <laughs> so you'll have to be both of our best friends. I'm sorry. <laughs> that sounds great. I love it. <laughs> no, that sounds fascinating. So I'm, I'm, so for the people that this could trigger, do you give any kind of warning at the start of your book or how in-depth do you go into this trauma? Yes, I do have a trigger warning in the front matter. It's one or two pages into the book. And it says something along the lines of just that this book does deal with sexual abuse in the character's past. And it's nothing that is described in great detail. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not gory at all. It just you understand that this is what happened. She has some flashbacks. And I said that this this story has been encouraging to people who have gone through this, but it could Mm -hmm. also be triggering to you if you've gone through this and aren't ready to explore these kinds of stories yet something along those lines just to because I didn't want to scare people away because it is an encouraging story but Mm -hmm. also it's not something that is necessarily going to be encouraging at any point in somebody's life it may be something that is going to be encouraging later but maybe not now or it may just not be the right story for some people and that's something that only the reader can decide and so I wanted to put that in the front of the book to help people decide for them whether this is the best book for them or not. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Emma, you were going to ask a question? Oh, well, first I was going to comment that Savannah's like the Venn diagram of things that Emma and Shelley both like, which is animals, <laughs> fantasy, uh, dealing with difficult things in interesting ways. I mean, it's really kind of funny. But um, the actual question I had was what – I have a couple of questions. <laughs> sorry. Okay, first question. <laughs> Question one, how 
did you decide on your line of what could be included and what maybe was better left not explicitly talked about? That is a great question. I really kind of went with what I felt comfortable with myself, I guess. I found a lot of stories, including this kind of content, that are really encouraging and useful, but I don't enjoy or get anything good out of these kinds of stories that are very graphic. I'm happy to understand that something has happened and to deal with it from there. I don't really need necessarily all the gory details. And some of that can get to be just like really incredibly terrible. So I didn't want to go into really incredibly terrible details about exactly the things that happened. And I know for a beta reader that I had that had some trouble with it and decided to not finish reading it. And she knew what it was going into it, but she did even, even as light as it is. And I think you've read some, so you, you've seen that it's very vague. It's not gruesome at all, but even that for some people is just too much for whatever they're at in their life. And so I wanted to make sure that I was just very vague and just enough that you could understand this is what happened, but I didn't want to be putting a lot of like detailed images in people's minds because that's just not something that I would like to have myself. So my second question was, have you had pushback from well-meaning adults who say, oh, this is too dark for YA or my kids shouldn't be reading this because we don't want to, you know, fill their their heads with these things. Because I get that in my books uh, that deal with, Oh, yes, that deal with, um, you know, in my first book, the two characters die at the beginning of the book and then go on an adventure through the afterlife. And for some reason, some people are like, wow, that's really dark. <laughs> and one of one of the character, another character they meet has died by suicide. And a lot of adults especially get very like, oh, we don't want to talk about that. So I'm wondering if you've had any of that experience, you know, as you talk to readers as you go into schools because I know or you know do presentations because I know you've done some presentations too Mm -hmm. I actually haven't gotten very much of that so far Um, awesome really there there've just been very few of those situations so yeah really not actually anything since the books have been published just I've gotten some feedback from people before publishing them kind of along the lines of what that other beta reader had said but I haven't really gotten a whole lot of pushback from uh, anybody else since then good That's great. these things yeah. need to be talked about and yes. I think it's sometimes adults don't want to think about their kids or you know their kids friends or whoever dealing with these things but not talking about them doesn't mean they didn't happen. Right. So as, as I have not read it yet, I sound like I'm going to though from whatever I'm <laughs> you, you are going to. <laughs> Shelly, Shelly, there's, there's a dragon on the cover. I, I'm in. So, <laughs> <laughs> but so for a fantasy, is there any, do you weave humor in as well? Is it, what is the, the overall feeling of the book? I mean, I understand that she's dealing with trauma and she's, she's growing from it, but uh, is there other things mixed in with that? Yeah, yeah. There's um, there is some humor, humorous dialogue um, between some of the characters, especially in the second and third book. There's a new character introduced who's a, a really great comic relief character, and so there's more of that in the second and third. But there is um, some humor to try to lighten things, and then there's mm-hmm. discovery of interesting things about her past before any of the bad stuff that she went through, but like her past that has to do with fantasy things in the story and nice. ancestry and stuff. So there's I- exciting kind of things like that. Hashtag no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs>
I have to say that like the beginning of the book, because I'm only about, you know, 90 pages, 100 pages in, mm-hmm. the beginning of the book really pulled me along too. Every time you sort of felt like, okay, here we are. I understand. It was like, oh, reveal. Oh, reveal. Oh, wait, there's one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> and all of that before you actually get to the overt fantasy. So mm-hmm. it's a very fast beginning and not, not that you rushed it in any way, but that it, like you, you don't want to stop reading through those beginning parts because you want to see all the little revelations that are happening. Do you feel that you've told her full story now in the trilogy or do you think you'll be doing more with this character? That is a great question. Um, I've had some people ask for more about what happens next after the trilogy. The third book just came out in October. So I've Mm -hmm. had some people wanting to know what else there is. I do have a prequel novella drafted that might see the light of day someday. (laughs) So there, I don't have a whole lot. I don't have any stories planned right now for what happens to my main character after the series, but I think I could get some ideas potentially after I've had a break and explored a couple other worlds. Cool. Do you think you'll be um, tackling other issues in other worlds? Yes. Yes, I am. Um, Some of the same ones. That's an issue that is especially, um, I don't know if important to me is the right word. One that's especially relevant to me, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. So that one is going to be something that I tackle some more. Also, not having to do with the same kind of things necessarily, but I'm having a book that's an ensemble cast. So instead of the main character with her one or two friends going through the story, there's like a whole bunch of characters. And that's not something I've written before. So there's a lot more people with lots more backstories full of all kinds of problems to address. (laughs) (laughs) They're not characters, they're problems. Characters isn't with that, problems. To isn't that what through. all characters are? Or problems waiting to be fixed? <laughs> yes. Yes. Can we can we talk about your entrepreneurial speaker endeavors? Because yes. your very first two lines of or first two words in your author bio are entrepreneurial speaker. Yes. So tell us about that. Who do you speak to? Why do you yes. speak to them? How does this tie in with your books? Tell me everything. <laughs> Emma so, wants to know. <laughs> I especially enjoy speaking to young creatives, so people who are in high school or college and they're interested in pursuing pursuing a career in the arts, such as writing or visual arts, um, but they've been told that you can't make money being an artist, like artists, you know, the starving artist thing. And I've found through my whole interesting experience through life that it's actually very possible to actually make good money with art. And um, there's also different perspectives for how to look at it. Like it, it depends on how you define good money necessarily, <laughs> but you know, in the <laughs> and beginning, how hard you want to work. Yes. How much you're willing to work, what kind of sacrifices you're willing to make, what, you know, how much sleep you actually need. <laughs> and there's, there's always things you could do for a season. You know, there's, you could work a job that you don't really like for a season while you get this other education and this other art area. And there's all kinds of fascinating twists and turns life can take that can make your art dreams work out, even if it doesn't seem like it at the time. And I think it's just really useful also, especially for writers to consider getting a degree potentially in something other than English. Like an English degree is great. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if you're not sure what you want to do and you might want to write, if you get a degree in history or a degree that you could potentially use in another area, it could also make you a more interesting writer. Like Brandon Sanderson, Mm -hmm. he was getting his degree as a 
biochemist, I think he was getting, he was working towards becoming a doctor and all of his college education. I don't know if he ever finished the degree or not, but all of his college education in chemistry and biology and all these things are what enabled him and inspired him to have his incredible allomancy magic system. And he might not have thought of that if he wouldn't have been getting, uh, been in the process of getting a degree in a totally unrelated field. So if you want to be a successful author, first get a PhD in <laughs> biomedical engineering or something. Yeah, there's there's no like perfect way for it to work out. But like my degree is in uh, veterinary technology it has nothing to do with writing, but has made me a more interesting writer because I can say I'm a dragon wrangler and I have I do actually have reptiles in my office from the clinic that I worked at as an exotic animal vet tech. And it's, there's always a cool way to turn something into something that can make you a more exciting writer or a more exciting artist, even if you don't think it has anything to do with art initially. Right. The more experiences you have, the better. Mm -hmm. So do you do this full time now? Well, I, so full time I do content writing. So I write content for websites for clients, like website pages, blog posts, and things like that to help people find them for their products and services. That's what I'm doing full time. Um, I would love to do more speaking, but with, (laughs) with the COVID pandemic going on right now, not as many people are looking for speakers to get big crowds together. So that has been slowed down a little bit, but I am writing full time and speaking and producing books is chugging along <laughs> close close behind the content writing do you have a box set of the three <laughs> books because i feel like maybe i i heard or saw that somewhere i do not have a box set yet i need to make a kindle box set because that's not very difficult but i have not gotten around to it yet and i i would love to do a physical box set uh with like the actual box they fit into but i have not gotten to that yet that's something that i would love to do though do you do audiobooks at all I tried to. I started to, and I had a really great narrator who ended up having terrible work ethic, and uh, we ended up having to part ways, and my audiobook has been stuck on ACX. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't been able to get that fixed yet, because it still says it's with that narrator, and it's not actually, and I just have had so many other things to work on. I haven't gotten to that yet, but I listen to audiobooks almost every day, and I'm a huge audiobook fan, so I definitely want to get audiobooks out there. Awesome. I'm a little terrified of audiobooks. Well, (laughs) A, I don't really listen to them. I much prefer to read than to listen in almost every scenario, like to, you know, visibly put my eyes on the page. But um, I'm also a little terrified of the cost investment Mm -hmm. because it just seems like it's like publishing a whole other book, you know? Yeah. Tell me about um, Mason Mill Publishing House. Yes. So Mason Mill Road is the road I grew up on in Georgia. And Um. in our yard, we had a creek. We had a big yard and this great little creek stream that flowed um, between our house and the neighbor's house. And I think I got a lot of my first creative ideas there because I, I had like a little cave that I had like, I put like a granola bar and stuff in there. And it was my little stash. And I had lots of just silly little childlike creative things I liked to do down there. And I think that that has inspired a lot. All the play that I did inspired a lot of creativity later on in life. I want a secret cave. (laughs) Oh, it was cool. There was a rock in that secret cave that had pottery behind it. I could pull the rock out and whenever I'd find broken stuff in the creek, I'd put it behind the rock because it was my like pottery stash. Oh, cool. (laughs) You had your own little dragon horde. Yes, I did. (laughs) 
<laughs> what I find particularly awesome about that is that is it still there? Like, did you did you take it away when you left? I didn't take it away when I left. It's probably still there, but somebody else owns the house now. I haven't been back in mm, I don't like twelve or thirteen years, so it, it remains a mystery whether it's still there or not. I imagine some other little kid climbing into that <laughs> cave and being like, "Oh, this is a really cool cave. Look, <gasps> look at the treasure." <laughs> That would be so cool. I really hope that happened. <laughs> you made someone else's kid dream come true. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Shelly, what other questions do we have? I just completely blanked. I was going to go into the animals thing. but <laughs> okay, I'm down to go into the animals thing. <laughs> How much did your experience with animals actually influence your writing of dragons? Oh, sure. Turn it towards writing. Oh, so much. <laughs> so talking animals are my favorite thing. Every book I've written has either talking animals or like the Disney type of animal that at least has facial expression, like makes facial expressions and vocalizations, <laughs> even if it doesn't talk. That's like my favorite thing in a book. Narnia, the Chronicles of Narnia just made made my life when I was little, when uh, the talking horse first talked in the third book. It was just the coolest thing ever. And so all the animals I read, like all the animals that were in stories that I read about were a big influence because they just made me love talking animals and want to have them in you know, more books, not just for little kids because they're awesome. So does only one species talk? Does it only talk to one person? Like what's your world? Oh, it depends on the world, but in the Odin Terador trilogy, they some of them have their own languages among themselves, but they can all talk to each other. Okay. So there's no is the main character human? Yes, the main character is human and she she this is a portal fantasy. She she grows up in Tennessee in our ah. world where it's normal and animals don't talk and gets whisked away to another place. <laughs> Where she's much happier, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, not at first, but eventually. Does she go back and forth or does she stay there? Um. So in this case... Without giving anything away. Yes. In this case, the portals are located... The portals to different worlds with the different animals are located throughout our world. So they have to travel in our world to get to the next portal. So they do go back and forth that way. I'm so... I can't wait. I'm... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so funny story the reason that uh we have savannah on the show is because we have a mutual friend slash person who was in our old writing group in virginia who has also been on our show before stephanie and she introduced us and so the whole reason that i started reading savannah's book and that we got her on the podcast was because you know another indie author was like hey here's a really cool person you should know so being an indie author is amazing because the community yes. is like epic very supportive. Yes. Yes, we all want each other to just do fantastic. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's very encouraging. I find very little like mean competition <laughs> in the indie author community. No, because we all just want to be like, you know, hey, you do you. And, you know, then you turn around and help the next person. It's it's all yeah. very supportive. Yeah. And then tell me how you made that work. And I'll tell you how I made yes. this work. And then we can <laughs> learn from each other's experiences and both excel. Well, that's one of the reasons we started this is we wanted to learn what other people were doing mm -hmm. because there's just too much information out there. It's hard yeah. to keep up with it all. We, there's so many new tips coming up constantly. Mm -hmm. So what do you do as far as promoting? Well, um, Instagram. Okay. Some. I am actually taking an Amazon ads course right now. Um, Brian oh, Cohen's Amazon yeah, author. 
challenge. <laughs> yes. Oh, the challenge that started today. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm taking that uh, because I have tried Amazon ads and they have been uh, a scary experience for me. <laughs> so I'm trying again. <laughs> I have tried Facebook ads to no avail and will try again someday. This year, I want to focus more on newsletter features because I've seen a lot of people have success with that. And I have not tried as hard as I could on that. So that's what I'm hoping to get more experience with this year. Potentially BookBub. BookBub is pretty expensive. But really, um, okay. So if I, since I have the whole series out, if I could get a BookBub ad for the first book, potentially there could be a lot of, hopefully, a lot of sell sell through for the whole series. So that's that's a possible strategy I might try this year. So I was planning out my calendar for the year for mm-hmm. actually getting out to conventions, and I know I've been told for writers it's great to get on panels. With your educational talking background, are you trying to get in any kind of these conventions to be on panels and, and promote that way? Yes, I actually have done um, some conventions like Comic-Con and some other small local cons in my area, and I've actually started a, a local authors group that before COVID started, we did an event almost every month uh, where several of us would get together at least for a book signing, if not for wow. also a panel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoy doing those kind of things. Occasionally we would do a reading also where you would read a little excerpt of your book. Yeah. Um, so those things are great, but I find that the, I did, I did get to go to Comic-Con a few months ago. So Comic-Con was still happening, but until recently there's been no events and nobody right. that wanted crowds. So a lot less events lately, but I love doing those kinds of events. I've met so many fun people and had so many great opportunities. And also if you're, if you're shy about talking about your book, it's a mm-hmm. great chance to practice your little spiel about why your book is awesome and what people would uh, like in it based on some other stuff they might like. And it's, it's a really great chance to kind of get used to that and get rid of that shy, awkward feeling that, I don't know if you guys have had, but I definitely have. <laughs> I feel that's quite the personal attack there. <laughs> I have had an idea of unspeakable brilliance, ladies. Oh, let's hear it. These happen to me sometimes. And this was just, we should together, the three of us, mm-hmm. pitch being like being a panel ourselves. Like, hey, we're going to come and we're going to talk to the, the Comic-Con or like the, the fantasy convention or whatever about um, indie publishing and podcasting. And I love it. I think we could do it. I think we are amazing and they would totally Absolutely. let us do that. Absolutely. I would love that. I can do that. Sweet. Okay. Sweet. Po- podcast listening community. When that happens, we will tell you where, when and where so you can get your tickets. Um, <laughs> yes. It's, it's been put out into the world now. It, it can only happen from here. And as as we're going, I mean, we can also talk about, you know, writing difficult topics because we've got Emma with suicide in her novels and you have sexual assaults. I have dementia and dealing with aging parents. So we've got a a variety of topics across our board. (laughs) Two panels to pitch for. Also, there's got to be something to do with animals that we can pitch also. Why animals should be in books. Can it be like a hands-on event where you bring the animals? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'll bring my four foot long golden iguana. I am flying in. Where is it? (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening to this 10 years in the future, this is the origin story of how we became the famous three people who love animals and write about scary topics. We'll need a name. (laughs) We do. Better than that. That was too long. We do need a name and possibly um, jackets. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. With my golden dragon on them. 
So, so someday all that will happen. And if you want to keep track of when all that happens, Savannah, tell us where people can find you on the interwebs. Yes. So my website is savannahjgoins.com. You can find some more stuff about my books there. You can see that golden dragon of mine. She's on there. Um, Also on Instagram is where I'm the most active. Um, If you want to send me a message or check out my feed there. And um, I also have a newsletter and it's going to be getting a lovely makeover very soon. But there is a newsletter you can sign up for as well for some first glimpses of covers and sneak peeks of book blurbs and things like that. Very cool. Thank you so much for being on the show. I can't wait to do amazing things with you. Same. Oh, thank you so much. Same here. (laughs)